0: So uh, I was on a webinar today with the Berklee School of Music, but we're all talking about the same stuff. And mm-hmm. what was actually reassuring to me was that everything they talked about in this webinar, and they're really prepared to talk about it, we've thought about, we've talked about mm-hmm. already. There's yeah. some, you know, this conversation gets to a certain place, yep. and, then, and then we have some choices that we're going to yeah. have to make and uh so i'm looking forward to today's discussion with emily trident because she has some ideas and uh, and some possibilities of gathering the right people to further this conversation because we don't know everything we need to
1: know it's that old adage of like the only thing that we're certain of is uncertainty It it just means that we have to have options like we have to have contingency plans we have to have plan a plan b plan c and then at any moment be ready to create plan d Um, and as long as we keep that rooted in the fundamentals of music education we're going to be fine Just think that band is standing in front of 70 people at once and waving a baton and everyone playing their instrument. That's n- like, that is probably not what band is going to look like in the near future. But mm-hmm. if we believe that music education is about personal expression and creativity and community, we can create that a million different ways.
0: And music, music, yeah. one word, M- music, yeah. keep it yeah. forefront. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So can I just add I'd like to add to that Jerry. It's interesting that um you know I've been in on various meetings like we all have and uh people that are just kind of saying things that um we thought of you know 5 weeks ago and or things that are not really that um revolutionary or different. You know like you're saying these conversations I feel like we are we're all coming up with the same ideas. They're mm-hmm. not incredibly um Difficult or complex, and pretty much everyone 's instincts seem to go in very the same directions i think
0: yeah and that's, um, and that 's rewarding yeah. in a certain way, comforting
2: right, but also unnerving and <laughs> i just ha- i I have to say actually and brad i 'm with you I, I think that you probably both of you may know this, I know Jerry knows this very clearly about me, but I tend to be um, overly detailed in my life and wanting to have answers and options and things laid out really clearly, um, and very organized. Uh, and in times like now, when we want that, um, it's obviously very uncomfortable and we're not given that, but it's, it's also opening up for me, this kind of new chasm of thinking because I've been so organized and so, um, controlling isn't the right word, but scheduled. Scheduled. Yeah, calculated and scheduled. Yeah. And every every minute, you know, matters. And so you have to live in a way of like super efficient, make it clear, make it concise, you know, make a decision. You know, there's not a lot of room to kind of mull things over. And now I've had a lot of not a lot, but a bit of time to mull things over. And I actually think now is a really interesting time to not try to go back to what we had and find ways to replicate, you know, the past, but what if we look at the future and think, why don't we just tip the paradigm, shift the paradigm, and, and maybe making music, you know, if we look at like what is really essential and what we love about making music together, um, it's not getting the next job, it's not winning the award, hopefully, it's not like, you know, achieving necessarily, but it's communicating, connecting, listening if we can start getting that into our public schools and if we can start looking at a performance, maybe in a different way, breaking down, breaking down (laughs) that fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah. Breaking down that fourth wall. You know, I um, heard
0: something today that did strike my ear just resonated with me. And that is mm -hmm. we need to deconstruct, you know, take it apart and put it back together differently. It's, it's still Mm -hmm. the same ingredients. It's all the same stuff, but we need to deconstruct and think about Mm -hmm. what we're doing. On, on those very primary levels, and then we, h- how can we deliver those things that are really important to us, those primary elements, through a different medium, a different yes. way? <laughs> well, so nice. this is all this is all to say that there's a new virtual conducting summit being launched at the University of Minnesota, led by De- Dr. Emily Triden, who was our guest today. Uh, the virtual workshop is going to take place July 14, 15, and 16 of 2020. And uh, in this podcast, we're going to visit and have a further conversation and ask some questions about it. Um, Dr. Emily Trinan is currently serves as Director of Bands uh, at the University of Minnesota. She's also in charge of the Graduate Guides All Aspects of the Graduate Conducting Program and oversees all the administration for the band program. So Dr. Trinan, my colleague, welcome.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Welcome to this podcast that works to address the hottest topics on the minds of Minnesota band directors. My name is Jerry Lucar.
1: And I'm Brad Mariska.
0: And we'll be joined by colleagues and friends from around Minnesota. So, again, welcome, Emily. It's really great to chat today. And all that prelude, we have some questions that we're going to ask you, and we'll just see how this kind of unfolds in a very comfortable style. So, in addition to the obvious reasons to do a virtual summit, which We've talked about. Why are you so committed to this personally?
2: Well, first of all, making the decision to provide this opportunity was actually a difficult one. Um, as I was noticing and recognizing, a lot of university conducting workshops across the country were deciding to cancel their workshops. And um, we were on the fence of, you know, making that decision. Do we, do we hold the workshop? What's happening over the summer? We were just waiting to hear what the governor's um, mandates would be and what the university policies would be. In the meantime, an email came through actually from our university president, Joan Gable, saying that if you can come up with some kind of virtual alternative for your summer experiences, whether they're camps or courses or whatever, um, you know, please consider that. And it was the first time that I just uh, even thought of that idea. And so I kind of sat there and you know, wondered, well, what, what could we actually do if we wanted to do something that was not in person? And it made me think a lot about, well, what is it that we love about our craft? What is it that we do to prepare ourselves before we get on the podium? What is it that we learn before we start student teaching, before we start working with our students? Um, and so I, I, my brain just kind of ran in many directions. And of course, I consulted my colleagues, um, my band faculty colleagues, wonderful colleagues at the U, just to see if they thought it was a crazy idea. Um, I consulted our original master clinician, um, who Alan McMurray, Professor Emeritus of University of Colorado Boulder. And I called him and I said, you know, you're on deck to do this uh, event with us in July and it looks like we're going to have to either cancel it or do a virtual option. Am I crazy to try to think we can do something alternative online? And he said, no, I don't think so. I think this could be a really great opportunity for us to kind of re, um, reorganize or rethink um, about what a workshop can be and maybe think about alternative ways of you know, reaching out to people. And at that time, which was maybe two weeks into the pandemic, two or three weeks into, you know, us understanding what was ahead of us, you know, we were thinking like, boy, July is really far away. And if we are all doing remote instruction and not in front of our groups and not networking and not connecting, come July, having some platform uh, just to at least see faces and hear voices might be really refreshing and really um, therapeutic. So all this to say, I consulted lots of people, um, and everyone seemed to be very uh, on on board with this idea. So then, of course, thinking, well, okay, what can we provide in a conducting workshop when 90% of a conducting workshop is conducting humans and working with people? Um, What is it that, you know, what is it that we can actually do for two or three days, Um, So, you know, I think just brainstorming the essential elements, so to speak, or the essential qualities of um, music and music making and ideas that are going to be um, both a healthy distraction for people that have been in isolation, which is, you know, musical score study, thinking about rehearsal techniques, maybe thinking about repertoire, um, and then Also, some ideas that are kind of connected to what's really happening in our life right now. And so I think that I I wanted to find not just, uh, I wanted to find a platform and and a workshop or a summit that was not just taking the same old model or the same model and just making it virtual, but actually what are like sort of hot topics, as you say, or what are relevant issues Mm -hmm. that we're all dealing with right now? that we can actually put into a a platform that people can feel like they're getting something out of it.
0: If there were three really big takeaways from the summit, well, what do you hope those are kind of the big umbrellas, the big,
2: well, I would say the, the most important, I think the biggest takeaway is that making music and learning music and going back to the basics of what music is, um, is really at the forefront of all of our work. And we may have to change all kinds of instruction models and ways of thinking and, and what have you, um, but that music is really central. Um, I think that's number one. And how do we kind of come back to music as being that main circle, that main point of what it is we're delivering? Number two, I would say um, I want people that are there to feel like they're getting recharged. Um, I think a lot of us, especially going through this huge shift, uh, it's very traumatic. It's emotionally traumatic. It's, It's physically uncomfortable. We're very anxious and nervous about what's in front of us. And I think all of us as clinicians want just a positive recharge for everyone that's there so they can feel like, all right, we're focusing on host first suite and that's it for the next 60 minutes. We don't have to worry about anything else. Um, and that, that in and of itself hopefully will be recharged. That. Right. <laughs> right, And right. that, that will be exciting hopefully. Um, so a recharge in multiple dimensions, you know, uh, um, I think and um, that's my that's my second goal. And then my third goal is just getting lots of information and resources and getting some practical stuff. Okay, what can we do in a classroom if we have this experience this uh, these realities? What can we do if we've got to be virtual? What can what are resources for music that we haven't thought of? What about chamber music for grade 2? What about, you know, um but just to have a database of content. So as people are designing their own personal realities of instruction, that they've got just some real um, tactile materials that they can go back to and, and have be very, very helpful. So and those I've are been, the three bullets. Yeah,
0: I've been thinking a lot about that. You know, what What if this, what if that, what if this, um, which way is it going to go? So you feel like you're preparing in every single direction. Um, and I think this workshop comes at a timely Time, because by mid to end of July, I think we're going to know more than we know today, and so we might be able to help guide and direct uh, to more specificity I hope
2: I hope so too I, yeah. I, I actually I actually feel like the timing of it might be late. I mean I, I was thinking that maybe mid June would be better, but it is it is where it is, so we'll accept it as that
1: Well, and everything is changing all the time and mm-hmm. i mean the conversations you'll have in july will be slightly different than if it were held today or um a, a month later as it were and i guess that kind of leads me to my next question um you know i was going to ask you know what are some of the topics being covered you you sort of Mentioned a few of them, do you know any specific topics that you definitely are going to cover, and who are some of the um, other presenters, and what is their expertise that they will speak to?
2: Well, I have to say i'm I'm really excited about the lineup, and i I feel like i I put it together a bit quickly um, in normal circumstances. You know you have a few months to kind of ruminate and come up with some creative ideas, but we weren't really given that um, when this happened, so <laughs> there was a sense of urgency. Um, But I will say one of the charges that uh, that Alan and I talked about and kind of not charges, but one of the um, I would say one of the goals he said to me to consider is, you know, think about the curriculum of the event. Think about what it is you want people to walk away from. You know, what are the essential features like you asked the three bullet points and then who are you going to invite to help make sure that those are the goals that are achieved. So as I said, music, of course, is the first goal. Um, And we have fabulous band faculty. So all four of our band faculty will help in that way. Um, I've invited Alan to talk about score study and and musicianship through some repertoire. I will be talking about score study and musicianship through repertoire as well. Um, But what going to the piece of inspiration and uh, tackling kind of, you know, what's going on in our, in our world right now. um, I I thought of number 1 to invite people that are not necessarily in our band or music educator committee and those community those two people are um, Peter Mercer Taylor who is our one of our University of Minnesota fabulous musicologists and invited him to do a session on music and catastrophe and looking at historical events that have happened worldwide and nationwide and how has instrumental music or how have musicians responded. Um, And so he's looking at 9-11, for example, and you know, how did the New York Philharmonic respond? What was their first concert after that? Um, What happened in 1918? What were ensembles doing during, you know, during the influenza pandemic? And how did they come out of that? Um, So he is a terrific historian, and I know is already um, very excited to just kind of He's already started the research on this and and will highlight some major events in our time and look at exactly how the response was um, from a large ensemble and an education lens. So I think that personally, I'm excited to hear what he has to say about that. Um, The other person that's not necessarily a band director that I'm excited that will be joining us is Patricia Frazier. And she's a distinguished McKnight University professor of psychology. And her specialty is dealing with post-traumatic stress and people that come out of isolation so they're already doing data and capturing uh, information on just how people are kind of coping with this so i think she's going to offer a very interesting um, point of view from a psychologist's lens on how we as educators and musicians can just understand what people are really going to be dealing with and how they're going to be you know kind of coming out of this uh, experience so those two non you know non-band and educator lenses um, perspectives, I think are going to be really interesting.
1: I think that's so important because our first Mm -hmm. instinct in a time like this is to band together with those who do what we do. And that's important, uh, professional Mm -hmm. development and collaboration. But also you have that danger of it becoming an echo chamber. And you're Mm -hmm. only talking to people who already think like you and feel like you. And to get those outside perspectives um, that that historical perspective, um, that socio-emotional component um, is so huge. Um, I think that is a really novel aspect of this summit that um, a lot of times we would not think about. And, and, and to be honest, a lot of times we might not need at a regular conducting or um, music education um, symposium.
2: Well, I selfishly I'm excited to learn from them. A lot of times when I when I do a workshop or do a set these things up, I, a lot of it is like I put myself in the chair of the student. You know, I want to learn about this and what 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 do I feel like I don't know and I would really love someone that's much smarter at X to tell me about. Um, let me also say that we have some fabulous educators that will be joining us um, from the high school side of things. We have the ever famous Brad Mariska joining us and um, (laughs) he will be partnering. Yes. We'll be partnering with um, Dr. Liz Jackson uh, as our kind of local Minnesota high school educators. And I'm very excited for your session, which will um, kind of, you know, talk about band culture advocacy and virtual instruction. Um, And I uh, was excited to have both of you on board because you're living it, you're living it now. You have ideas of what's working, what's not working. You're experiencing technology fails and successes. Um, and I just, I think both of you are going to have really interesting perspectives on um, kind of how to move forward and what we're going to. What are some tips? I mean, nobody has the answer, and no, there is no magic bullet of how to do this. Um, and I, and I know, I think we're all looking for that. What is the, what is the right answer? Who's got it? Someone's got it. We just haven't found it yet. Um, But I think the reality is we're all improvising and we're all trying to make the best of a very um, complicated situation. And so I'm excited to have both you and Liz um, representing kind of the high school band realm and providing some ideas of what to do to keep your own programs doing great work. Um, In the middle school realm, um, I'm very excited to have Chris Gleason with us he has a TED talk and has uh, I think spread his own joy um, out in the world called you know lighting kids on fire or getting kids lit up uh, on fire and um, I've seen him teach and do some work through the Minnesota Band Directors Association just small workshops and I've always just walked away thinking man he's just so creative and so great um, at what he does Uh, so And he's very proactive and a visionary in many, many ways. So I think he's going to offer some really interesting, inspiring material as well that we can all learn from.
1: I just have to say, Chris is phenomenal. Um, Mm -hmm. He's a phenomenal educator and and motivator. And uh, he helped, you know, speaking of lighting fires, he helped light a fire, like for me personally, in my own career, um, five or six years ago. And, um, you know, his perspective uh, on teaching and he's he's fully embraced the um uh, the cmp model which is really important in the state of wisconsin which is comprehensive musicianship musicianship through performance which is now more important than ever and um i have adapted my teaching not just in the world of distance learning but over the course of the last several years to incorporate a lot of those philosophies and the things that he was teaching so i'm I'm so excited that he's going to be a part of this. This is just great for the University of Minnesota as well, because typically, you know, an event like your summer conducting symposium attracts a lot of, you know, grad students, college students. um, And I think you have an opportunity to really reach a lot of uh, public school, private school, teachers, m- people who are out there teaching middle school, high school, m- music and band that um, are going to be able to take so much away from this and um, they can do it from the comfort of their own home. So I guess the question is, like if somebody was interested in joining um, or becoming a part of the summit, uh, can they still join? Is it too late or how how would you go about enrolling?
2: We, every anyone can join. We have open enrollment. I have to say we've had a pretty good turnout so far and have, have had healthy numbers in registration, but we get a, you know, a few more every day um, just kind of rolling in. The registration is open, I think, until July 1. Um, and I think the reason why well, we're obviously keeping it open just to encourage as many people that want to join to join. You literally just go to the website and press register. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Um but we're 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 keeping it open till July one because we want to capture as many people that want to attend, um, and I think we're closing it at that time because we just want to make sure that we know. Who's going to be there and we can send proper information to those people and, you know, make sure that those that are signed up know exactly how to get in and how to do the, you know, what the Zoom sessions will be and so forth. So, um, yeah, so it's open. And I think the fee is relatively affordable. Um, All students, whether you're a grad student or undergrad um, or high school student, is a $50 fee for three days. And then um, all other participants are $90 you know, we wait, we kind of went back and forth on whether or not, you know, offering something at no cost or a little cost. And it was um, for for a variety of reasons. I think we want to make sure that yes, we provide as much as we can. um, But we also don't want music to always be free. I think there's a, you know, if you think about music or music education or what we provide, I think we have to be careful to um, not get not have everything be free for too long. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, Jerry,
1: there's, Jerry, there's value. That, there's value. <laughs> that, that's our, that's a, that's an episode right there. That's, uh, that's right.
0: That's, Let's not make it free forever.
1: Right. Right. And I'm so glad that people are sharing their music, but yeah, that's culturally become such a thing where people expect musicians to work for free because they love it so much. And we don't expect anybody else to work for free, but um like I said that's a that's a different episode, for a know, different I, day. but you're a, <laughs> absolutely what a deal for fifty or ninety dollars to for a three day summit um, when we need it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and on the uh, podcast, on the show notes, there'll be a link. so if you want to get right to it, you can go right to where you are.
1: Man, that is, that is such a good reminder. I mean, we we have these fantastic show notes. I know some of you are taking advantage of them. Um, but regardless of whatever podcasting app or website you go to, um, there's detailed notes about each of our guests, like bios. And we, um, we list out all the different topics um, with the timings of each episode. And then, yeah, anytime that we mention a link or a website or a document or a reference in the show, we always link to it. Um, And Jerry does a great... Jerry is in charge of the show notes. I just... I I want everyone to know that. So if you appreciate our show notes, their detail and their accuracy, let Jerry know. Send him some love um, because he does a... And if you have suggestions
0: on how to make them better, I'm all ears. So... Well, my colleague, Emily, do you have anything more you'd like to let our listeners know about the summer symposium or summit or anything about the band program?
2: Well, I'll just close by saying, or, or not close, maybe say a few final words in that, um, as I said earlier, we're all in an uncomfortable place with, with where we're at and what's ahead of us. Um, when it comes to finding, you know, great answers, great solutions, um, maybe, you know, I think for all of us, it will help us to just think as creatively, as optimistically, as, um, I don't know, as thoughtfully as possible. And, and I do think that maybe thinking about what it is we've all been trained to do, uh, all of us, you know, whether it's been, you know, really finite conducting training or really awesome classroom training, um, but to look at our work, and think of it in maybe just a whole new way, a whole new paradigm. And to you know put the focus on our music, on our students, our ensemble members, um, on what we really wanna say when we can come back. What do we really wanna do? I mean, I've, I've been really thinking hard about what is that, if, if once we can all come to, to back together, what is that concert going to be? And are we all going to just walk on in lines and sit quietly and take a tuning pitch and, you know, come out and say, and hi, my not. name is, you know, like, is, is that what we're going to do? Or is it just going to be like, no, it's a, it's a whole new now and a whole new future. Um, and what is that first concert, you know, going to be like? And so, you know, imagining that, which may not be for a long time, but imagining that that first performance, um, is helping guide what my thinking is being, is going to be now. So what are we going to do to prepare our students for that moment? Um, you know, and is it going to look like what we want or what we had? I mean, or do we want to just, like I said, change the paradigm? Um, so that's been very inspiring and of course daunting to think about that, but that's where my head is at. And this workshop is meant to just be a place for all of us to come together, to get refreshed, um, maybe to be challenged in our thinking, um, to get new ideas, um, to add new ideas, uh, another really quick little tidbit, you know, in the registration for the first time, we added a section that says, you're the participant. What do you want to get out of this? You know, here are the mm-hmm. topics what we plan to cover. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to cover, I but like what that. do you want? Like, why are you signing up for this? um, And actually, you know, a lot of people are coming back with music, you know, they want better resources to repertoire, they want to learn better score study habits, they want, you know, so so it's not, you know, looking for the magic bullet, and how to teach online, but um, some other, you know, just kind of back to basic stuff. Ways Um, to grow. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that I would encourage for those folks that do want to sign up now, please tell us, what do you want to get out of this? And we're all, all of us clinicians are modifying our own kind of ideas um, to make sure that we have something that's really stimulating and exciting for people that are sitting on the other side of the screen, so to speak. Um, Yeah. And and I would also say, Brad, your, your um, comment, I thank you for bringing that up about, you know, the workshop in the past. Um, My, My goals for the workshop, and no matter what format, and I think all of our goals as band faculty, is not just to recruit or try to attract, you know, grad students or future quote-unquote just wind conductors. Um, I think we really want to have the Minnesota workshop be a platform for all music educators at all levels to come and grow. Um, It's largely been through the lens of conducting and conducting issues. Um, But we have sessions that are geared toward, you know, advocacy or rehearsal techniques or new music or, you know, whatever it may be. So I would encourage folks to this year and future years um, to look toward that as just being a professional development and just like a resurge of energy and inspiration. Um, And it's not a, you know, it's not meant to be an audition for future grad students by any means. but thank you thank you both for bringing me or inviting me to do this um and to chat with you Uh, it's really exciting to see the success of your podcast um so many people have listened and are talking about it on social media and i hope that you both feel really proud and and um are excited about the energy that you've created for this podcast and for just band in general in the state it's wonderful
0: So I want, to, I want to thank you for joining us today and being part of this. And uh, we end every episode in saying, this is another episode in, and then our guest says, "Ban in Minnesota. So you ready? I can try. I'll let Brad
1: lead it in. <laughs> okay. So this has been another episode of
2: Band in Minnesota.
1: Oh, that, that was like a, that was a that was, real, bang. You sounded oh. like, a, like a baseball announcer!
2: <laughs> I, yes, almost, that I makes, almost went for it! <laughs>
1: that that made me want to go to a Twins game!
2: You know, we need
0: to do a feature on all the people that have said that and like clip it together.
1: And Emily, you said something in our conversation today, and it was just a little snippet. I was like, "What if we did a, a five-minute episode, just about that? Like it was a, I don't know what I don't even remember what you said. Uh, it was really profound. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was super profound. And I was like, there's an episode right there.' You know, a little a little mini. Like we just dropped these mini episodes, like unexpected a shorty. little shorties. Yeah, a shorty. <laughs> yeah,
2: a biggie shorty.
1: <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Well, you know, and like some of these podcasts, I don't know if you guys listen to the um Everything Band podcast. Well, Travis Cross was on this week. I did.
0: I just listened. Yeah. And listened.
1: his it's fantastic. And and we all know and love Travis, but it's an hour and 41 <laughs> minutes long. It's like I mean, most movies I watch are shorter than that. It's phenomenal. I love it. But, but that one has been going. He's been doing that episode, that uh, podcast for for years now. It's um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. It's really good. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was like 168 episodes or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. And what are we on? Sixteen?
1: Yeah. What is seventeen? This? this is seven. I think this is seventeen. And Emily, if this turns out to be like episode 20, that means. That means womp womp. (laughs) That's
2: fine. I understand. I know. You go back and you're like, oh, maybe we have to redo that one. I don't know.
1: No, but yours is time sensitive, so we probably can't back it up at all.
2: (laughs) That's funny. We'll
0: make it happen.
1: That's right, listeners, it's not too late to register for the University of Minnesota's Wind Band Conductor and Educator Virtual Summit July 14th through 16th. And while you're on the computer registering, why not go and find our podcast, leave us a rating or a review on your favorite website or podcasting app. My name is Brad Mariska, and along with Jerry Lucart, we want to say thank you for listening to Band in Minnesota.